another episode of the Dino Talk Podcast. Back again, another episode. Got Nick, Jesse, Logan. Um, I think what was it? Was it two weeks off? Was it one week? I can't remember. Things came up, we couldn't record, but really happy to be back. I think we're getting into week seven here. Um, we'll get into the topic in a second. Do you guys have any opening thoughts, discussion points you want to get off your chest? Yeah, honestly, I feel like uh. I hate bringing it up, but just uh, I feel like the Bears are in a crossroads right now. And I think going forward, it should be interesting to see what they do. I don't know. Absolutely. I think the Bears are in a really kind of, I mean, I'm a Bears fan, but I'm kind of fun spot right now. Like it's kind of like having two potential top five picks, got a quarterback you're unsure about. I mean, per, I mean your whole team, like you got a trade deadline coming up. It's kind of a, I don't know where they're going to go, but I'm kind of excited for it. Yeah, seriously. It's like you have like trade speculation and you are seeing the Panthers record right now. And I don't think they can really compete in that division at this point with Bryce Young and their line. And it's just, I don't know. I'm excited to see what happens. Who knows? Jesse, got anything? Yeah. I mean, you guys, everybody knows I like to talk trades on this, on this pod. So since we are bringing up the Bears, let's go ahead and discuss an active trade that is in my inbox right now as Nick Atterbury is trying to get rid of Justin Fields and Logan let's just ask what do you think of this so my team's tanking Kyler Murray is obviously he's coming back and Nick he's down to do it straight up he'll send me Justin Fields he'll type Kyler Murray straight up checked it out on the trade calculators trade calculators say it's good too pretty fair trade um been been debating it quite a bit these last few hours actually um but exactly i know that that's why nick's getting rid of him is because of the question marks with the bears but uh yeah yeah let's let's hear what you have to say about it nick yeah i I have one thing before logan talks uh i am competing actively i i don't have my first this year I, i i have a second this year and then i don't have my first in 2025 so i'm i'm really trying to win and another thing is not to kind of like kind of put your foot in the fire here, Jesse, but I, there's another trade that I'm discussing as well with Justin Fields straight up for another quarterback. So take my hands off, push it over to Logan here. What do you, what do you think about that deal? Okay. So just straight up, um, two QB super flex league. Yep. Yep. Super correct. I'm tanking. He's competing. Yep. Okay. Um, and Kyler Murray for sure has a starting spot in for the Cardinals. Fantastic question. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Has he been declared a starter yet? You know, did he beat the Cowboys? When, <laughs> when he's healthy, I expect him to be the starter. <laughs> but when is he going to be healthy? Like, who knows? So does he have a defined timeline of when he's returning? They they open the 21-day practice window, like to where he has 21 okay. days to kind of get activated. And what QBs do you have, Nick? Yeah, that's another good question. I I have Dak Prescott, Justin Fields. I have Derek Carr and Tyson Bant. Baggett. Badgent. Badgent, yes. He's son of a world championship arm wrestler, Nick. You should yes. know this. 
Yep. Those, Jesus. Those are my, yeah, those are my quarterbacks. I think you're in a tough spot there. You're kind of trying <laughs> to <laughs> find a needle in a haystack there. I think that, uh, so I'm sure you probably wouldn't want to release the other trade you're looking at because, I mean, honestly, you could use Badgent right now to, you know, get through and then have Kyler. Mm -hmm. But then if the other QB is like, at least, uh, I don't even know what you'd give for Justin Fields' injury. Because, like, I feel like a dislocation and with the Eberflus interview earlier, they're really reluctant to put him on the IR because they don't want to do that. And I don't know. I, I mean, what was Badgent? Six for 10 with an interception last week. I don't know. I would be interested to see how their offense performs um, against the Raiders. I mean, I guess Darnell Wright's back, so maybe he can pick up Crosby. But I also feel like Badgett might get completely dominated. I don't. I don't know. I feel like this trade is really speculative. Uh, I mean, Kyler Murray is really good when he's healthy, but I feel like is he going to stay in Arizona? I mean, is I Justin know. Fields going to stay in Chicago? I feel like this is just speculative for speculative. And who's better when they're healthy is the real question. Because Justin Fields is, what, top five, seven with his rushing? Right. And, and is Kyler Murray going to be the same guy that he was before his injury? Yeah. No, I mean, there's a Great. lot of speculation here. And for me, for my aspect of it, it's like I'm, I'm betting on future, obviously, here. Is Justin Fields going to have a better future than Kyler Murray? I have no idea. I have no idea. Yeah, but, but I, I, I want to accept it. <laughs> exactly. And, and another question here is Kyler Murray ACL versus dislocated thumb. Is that what the question is here? Was it an ACL last year for Kyler Murray? Yes, it was. It was. That's what worries me. That worries me pretty significantly. And I'm not going to lie. That's why I kind of, not that I want to get rid of him, but uh, why I actually want to get rid of him is because right now I'm playing one quarterback, trying to get the 101. It's the one league yeah. where it's an intense race for the 101. And with Kyler Murray coming back, he could screw up my max PF because the other guy who I'm competing with who had Allen and Jalen Hurts, he freaking traded Jalen Hurts just to try to get the 101, dude. It's, it's an intense race for the 101. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I would hope that Justin Fields is out for a long time if I do take him. If he actually plays, then this could backfire. All right, guys. Let's halt this discussion. and Let's hop right into the topic, and I'll just slide – this transition this right at the topic. I'm going to actually move one of my guys to the front here. Our topic for today is players or situations that we're concerned about. Like that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to give players or maybe just situations, team, maybe even teams that we're, we're a little concerned about. And I'll go ahead and start with mine. And you know what? I could try to play possum here and uh, try to, Puff up my trade here, but I'll just we're on a podcast. I'm here to air out my opinions. I'll talk Justin Fields here. I'm concerned, guys. I'm I've talked about it before, and I'm more concerned. And there I'll I'll start a little bit with social media. Social media in general, there's a lot of Bears legends. There's NFL players that they're they're saying, oh, the Bears should not move on from Justin Fields. They should just Build the line, build this. But guys, Justin Fields is now finishing up his third season. And he's shown flashes. He has shown flashes of brilliance. But guys, end of the third season, you got to show more. 
for for a team that's going to be picking in the top five, potentially number one overall, you got to have more than flashes to not take a quarterback prospect. Or there's a couple quarterback prospects that are very good this year, and in my opinion, and I I would be shocked if Bears don't have the same. Is when you're picking in the top spot, you got to take the quarterback if, unless you got your guy. You cannot go forward with Justin Fields. And in with him being hurt right now, like in for Jesse's point of the trade, like I, I think he can miss a few weeks here. And that that could really hurt my team. And and also that just hurts his future with the Bears. Like if he doesn't get like his future with the Bears, if he got the rest of the season 10 games and could really show consistency, then sure, like maybe he could be their future. But if he gets like five more games, I I don't think that's enough. I, I really don't think that's enough for the Bears to put their future in his hands because you can't you can't miss this opportunity to take a quarterback. I I think I I just don't think you can't pass it up. And I I think the Justin Fields' future with the Bears I think it's it's numbered. And as far as where his future is after that, I I don't know. I don't I don't think his trade value is that high right now. But at the same time, this offseason, teams are willing to take shots. And, I mean, he's a young quarterback who's shown flashes. And some teams don't have quarterbacks that are even showing any flashes. So someone could give him a shot. But I I don't know. I'm I'm concerned with him. And I think his future with the Bears, like I think his days with the Bears are numbered here. Okay. So do you think that he will get another shot somewhere else? Eventually, yes. Yeah. Right away? I, I have no idea. I honestly have no idea. I, I've seen some people think that Justin Fields should be the Bears' future. Other people think that in trade value, that his trade value is even less than like Trey Lance. Like I've, I've seen people say that, and they actively think that the league just does not value Justin Fields. Like, like the league as a whole. Like they do not value Justin Fields just because of what – he hasn't shown at this point. Like he's he still is panicky in the pocket and he's not like he's taken too many sacks and teams kind of don't want that. And so I I honestly have no idea as far as when that will happen, but I, I do think he'll get another shot. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I'm still under the belief that um yeah, let's just keep rotating more bears quarterbacks through. Let's just keep setting the program behind. But honestly, the, the one thing I'm concerned about is like, so legitimately on the on the first play of the Vikings game, he gets a complete blindside sack, yet their offensive coordinator or coach, I can't remember which one, completely defends his decision-making of where he audibled the pass protection to leave the left defensive end wide open, and he takes a complete blindside block. The guy doesn't mention anything about rolling to his right or anything honestly at this point i think it's kind of like a coaching problem because i think one of the funniest things about social media and other things is people are coping with baker mayfield saying oh maybe you'll have a baker or not a baker mayfield a drew Brees career you know maybe you'll have four or five years in san diego where he gets carried by lt but he'll erupt into like a complete like drew Brees new orleans saints offense and i feel like Honestly, I just feel like the coaching staff has been failing him. He's shown flashes when they started scheming for him. So it's just like at some point when there's like a disconnect, like it 
there has been at the beginning of the season and obviously in his last two years where they're just like, be a mobile quarterback, try to make plays, all costs, don't care about your body. And I feel like if they can get like a legitimate GM that will draft a decent team, they'll use their cap, you know, to benefit the team. Honestly, with that look, Nick, honestly, I want him to go to another team so that he can show his potential because I, I, maybe he needs to go to the saints. I mean, that Alave, you know, reaction with Derek Carr throwing that route. If you guys saw that, maybe he'll just plug into the saints and be Drew Brees again. Who knows? I would love to see him go to the Colts. If you were to go to the Colts back of Anthony Richardson, we know Anthony Richardson is going to go down. I think that that's an offense that Justin Fields could thrive in. But anyway, yeah, no, no. I mean, I, it, it's really speculative. I, uh, like Justin Fields as a player, but yeah, I don't know. I'm still, I'm literally looking at this trade right now. I've been considering accepting it mid mid pod, but uh, we'll see. Yeah. And then I'll just say one last thing about Fields and then I'll, I'll be ready to move on. I, I, I do think part of the problem is coaching, but he's had two coaching staffs so far that he's just not gotten right. And like, He's. I'm sorry. He's. Just, he's not going to get a third coaching staff to try to make it right with him. Like it's just. And the Bears. I. I don't think it's a franchise you can just sit and wait on that. And. And maybe it's not on Justin Fields' fault. I. I just think the Bears kind of have to move in a different, different direction and get a fresh start because if you, just hope that you can build the lines, hope that you can get the, full coaching staff good situation and then and then he's not your guy then you're really in trouble. That's why I think just a fresh start, get someone on a rookie contract is probably what the Bears are thinking. And I, to be honest, I, I can't blame them on that. But all right, I got to cut in once again. I just want to put this out there. I think that the Bears should not have taken a first time head coach that was also a defensive coach that no show didn't show like any promise. You can only do that with offensive coaches, I think, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, I'm with you, but go ahead and go with your first one here. All right. So my first one is I think there's a huge concern with the Oakland Raiders organization as a whole. And I think that this should kind of potentially concern anyone that has a lot of their offensive players. Like I feel like Jacoby Myers might be the one that's a safe pick or mayor. I, Cause he started emerging in the last like what, two games, but I feel like, with how Devonte Adams has been reacting to social media, once again, huge speculative take. He is just like completely unhappy. He's almost 31 years old, I think. Um, and obviously he's just like a great receiver. That's just not getting a lot of target share right now, whenever they're kind of in tough situations. And I feel like with Jimmy Garoppolo going down for like, what is 10th injury in the last like eight years, like, I just think that it puts them in a hard spot with Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs being on a one-year, what, $10 million contract. I feel like if their mid-to-end season goes badly, I could just totally seeing them start dispersing players out left and right because them not signing Josh Jacobs to a long-term deal, I feel like already has the writing on, a, on the wall. Like, I'd love to see him go to, like, the Texans or something. No offense to Damian Pierce, but I was criticizing him earlier. But if they get him on a decent contract and like a line 
who knows what can happen with their draft picks. But honestly, yeah, that's that's just the biggest concern. I don't have like many stats behind it. I feel like I looked at like their their cap space, their contracts, stuff like that. Josh McDaniels has been kind of an idiot for the last few years there. Their owner's already shown like that he's agitated with him and stuff like that. And he's made some bonehead plays and like not going for field goals, two point conversions, stuff like that. I just feel like the Raiders are bound to blow up soon. And I don't know if they're going to succeed enough to like stop this, just like seepage of just people leaving the team and stuff like that. I don't know. What do you guys think? First of all, yeah. Screw Mark Davis. Uh, Screw the Raiders. They suck just like they always have. They're going back to their their same old stuff. Everything that that I remember growing up about the Raiders, just recycling it all. Good job, Mark Davis. All right, Nick. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I think they're if they're smart. I think the Raiders should have a very active trade deadline, just to kind of just get the rebuild underway and ride it out with Josh McDaniels. I mean, he's not winning games anyways. Like, just ride it right out the tank with them. Like he should be the perfect coach and just start the rebuild. Like get a couple, like either first round picks, get a couple seconds, just start the rebuild. Like I, in the meantime, I think they're in a tough spot, but I, I think if they handle the next, was it two weeks? Right. I think they could be okay in the long term, but you got to make some moves here because they're, they're three and three right now. And they play a bears team without their quarterback and a bad bears team. Like, they could be four and three here, and if just if they try to push for it, they're going to win what seven to eight games, probably narrowly miss the playoffs and just be in a bad draft position. But they should just get the rebuild underway. But yeah, it, they're in a tough spot. Yeah, and I feel like the biggest decider of their season was, do we beat the Steelers? And they did not beat the Steelers, so they started their season off, you know barely beating the Broncos, losing to the Bills by 28, and then losing to the Steelers by five. So I feel like that's kind of like the decision-making time right there. I mean, yeah, it's pretty early in season, but I feel like that's kind of when you put them on the hot spot. So. Yeah, and I, unless you have something else to add, Jesse, I, I see you're getting a little anxious over there. You can go ahead with your first one here, and I I know you're excited for it. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to let on that I was getting so anxious over here. But uh but yeah, my uh the first person that I'm concerned about have been since the start of the season week 1 where it was a fluke. But you know, Calvin Ridley just been dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> He's had two good games out of 6. One was amazing week 1 coming out week 1. He had me scared for Christian Kirk. Gotta stick with my guns, man. It's I, I know I'm I'm always right. It's just sometimes I'm a I'm a I'm a little late or yeah, early. Or never wrong, oh. just early. Yeah, never wrong, just early. There it is. Thank <laughs> you, Nick. And uh yeah, so anyway, Calvin Ridley, Nick, I know you're pretty big on him coming into the season. Are are you getting concerned or uh are you still feeling okay with him? Uh early in the season I was I was a rare breed in which I thought him and Kirk were a value. Um, happy with where I was on Kirk. Ridley, um, I talked about it early in the season. I don't think he's a wide receiver one type player, and he's getting the wide receiver one treatment by opponent, cor- 
opposing quarterbacks, and he can't handle it. He never could. He was a good sidekick to Julio Jones, but when he's looked at as a wide receiver one on a team, he's going to disappoint. Still the same. Yeah, I don't. I I know. I think I was the guy that was high on Calvin Ridley before the season. I don't really think I'm still concerned for him. I just feel like the targets he's getting are just not catchable. Like that's the thing that you know I like looking at is just as long as he get he's getting like the targets, I feel like inevitably he'll do well. And I think that's the thing that I should reform my take to is like maybe the Jaguars just have a good offense. Like Travis Etienne obviously is still just, you know, exceeding expectations. And I feel like, you know, maybe they can go hand in hand a little bit. Calvin Ridley can do the A, B and the Juju uh, Christian Kirk scenario, you know. But I don't know. I feel like whenever you look at targets, I feel like Calvin Ridley can theoretically still be a pretty good prospect here. Who knows? I don't know. He's getting kind of old. He's 27. I know. <laughs> he's that... getting any younger. I can tell you that much. He's a year younger than me. And I realized the other day that if I was in the NFL, I'd be considered old, man. That's crazy. But yeah. uh, anyway, nah, well, that... ass. <laughs> well, so, well, so that's the crazy thing about Calvin Ridley is he has like such a different scenario than most players is because like he was in the foster care scenario. So he in the scene. So he actually like got into college like a year or two later. And that's why he's older. You feel bad? You feel bad yet, Jesse? I'm just kidding. No, no, not at all. He also got suspended for a year, guys. That's another reason why for gambling. And that was player. bullshit too, because he is- basically reformed the rules like two years after that, or a year or two, whatever. So stupid. Absolutely dumb rule, but everyone knew it was a rule everyone and how he did it was so dumb like he made an account as with his name calvin ridley like should have yeah, done anyway. riley should have done riley would have exactly. done the bears would have done the bears a favor anything else anything other than calvin ridley yeah guys he he hasn't he hasn't played in two years he's getting pretty old is is it's calvin ridley is he a little washed guys he washed up a little bit. Yup, yup. <laughs> yep. There it is. Thank you, sir. I mean, I'm not saying, but I'm but I'm saying it. But all right. I'll go on to my next one. I kind of going along with Logan's previous one, but I think there's a purgatory trio in the league. There's there's three teams that are kind of and a little bit of purgatory. And those teams are Logan's beloved Titans, um, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the New England Patriots. And why are these teams in purgatory? The Titans, they got a head coach who's pulling the strings of the organization. Like, he hired his own GM, and he's going to keep trying to win. Like head coaches that are like acting as GMs, like those guys try to win at all costs. And the Titans, let's be honest, guys, like in terms of the AFC South roster, like I think they're in the worst shape out of all of them. Like I, I think they're gonna finish last place with 
like their current team and they don't have a great future ahead as it currently stands. Like here, here's where I think the problem is. I think they have Ryan Tannehill. Now they have Will Levis. They have Malik Willis. And I think the Titans, like knowing Vrabel, knowing what their organization does, I think they're going to try to like after the buy, I think they're going to try to play Tannehill and he might be kind of hurt. And I'm I'm just worried that they get to week 10, week 11, week 12, and then they turn to Will Levis. And at that point, I think they're going to ride with him for the next season because like, that's what the Falcons, like that was their issue. They, they didn't evaluate Ritter enough prior to this season to know where he's at. And I, I'm worried the Titans are going to be in that same spot and they're just, they're not going to have a quarterback and they don't have the weapons around them. Like for their quarterbacks to be successful, they don't have a good offensive line. They, they, I think they kind of need to embrace tanking, but I, I just don't think as an organization that that's something they're going to try to do. And yeah, that's what the Titans, the Steelers, they got an offensive coordinator problem. I think they might kind of have a quarterback problem. I think after this season, they're going to move on from their offensive coordinator. And I think they're going to bring in a new one and they're going to keep the quarterback. They're going to keep their running backs. They're going to keep the wide receiver. I think they have a running back problem. I think Najee is kind of heading on the Trent Richardson path. I think they think Jalen Warren's it. I don't. I don't think he's very good. I think they have a running back problem, quarterback problem. They're going to go into next season, get a new offensive coordinator. Their offense is still going to be bad. It's going to be a two-year purgatory for them, and which puts their organization in a tough situation. They're going to be eight wins next season, and then they're going to be looking for a quarterback and can't get one there. And the next one is the Patriots. Patriots, they don't have a quarterback. They don't have any receivers. Um they have a head coach who's also a GM who can't draft players. So I don't know what they're going to do. I think they're going to move on from Belichick. I think they unfortunately probably should, even though he's the best coach in the league. And you get a new GM, a new everything in there, it's going to be a few years before we're seeing any fantasy production for the Patriots, in my opinion. They don't have a quarterback. They don't have receivers. You get a young quarterback in that with that team, like, is Kendrick Bourne and Tyquan Thornton, uh, Hunter Henry, going to all of a sudden make that quarterback good? I don't think so. Um, I think they're in pur- purgatory. I think they're all in purgatory, at least in the short term. I think the Raiders, Commanders, like those teams, they kind of they have their picks. I think they can get rid of their coaches and kind of move in the right direction, whereas those three teams, like I think we got a n- next season – of bad like they're gonna have their same quarterbacks they're just gonna be in a tough spot like none of those teams are gonna pick low enough to where they can get a quarterback except for the patriots and they probably shouldn't take a quarterback tough situation for them go off son let's go <laughs> yeah, you got any more yeah. in the tank Jeez, <laughs> that's all i got i'm sorry I've, I've been i've been holding that in i'm frustrated with some organizations i'll just leave it no, no, you're good. Which one are you most frustrated with? I, I don't. I mean, the Patriots can move move in the right direction. I just am worried that they're not going to. Um, I might be the most worried about the Titans. Like, I'm, I'm sorry yeah. to say it, Logan, because I, 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 I just don't think they're going to tank. Like, they well, should unload, and I just don't think they're going to. 
And they're and like you said, their their O line's bad. They have an old running back. They have an old quarterback. Not really going to be in good position to get any young guys. Have an old wide receiver as their wide receiver one. I mean, oh man, the next nah, few years. Nah, you, you guys need to be more concerned <laughs> about the about the Patriots. I swear to God, because if they do not tank on the year, Matthew Judon is out. They are so stupid. Whereas, like the Titans have a complete. OP like overpowered defensive line right now and they still have somewhat of a competitive offense with Nick Folk being their kicker who the Patriots didn't re-sign so I think the Patriots are more in the hot seat with Matthew Judon already being injured whereas like the Titans don't have that key injury already so the are you saying the Patriots are worse off because they don't have a kicker like, come on, we're we're in dire straits ah, here. <laughs> I mean, that's been the epitome of why the Titans have been losing. I mean, but Ryan Tinnell already got hurt, like you've been wishing for for a few years. They've got their backup quarterbacks playing, and it's up to the next three weeks to decide if Rabel's going to start playing Levis. So, I mean, they're already in the position. Mac Jones is healthy. So I don't know why you think the Titans are in a worse spot when their starting quarterback who you haven't liked for the past few years is already hurt. The the reason is because I think the Patriots have an out after this where they can move on from Mac Jones, move on from the coaches, the whole situation. Whereas the Titans, I just think they're going to – like do you see a scenario next season where they don't have Will Levis or Malik Willis as their starting quarterback? Because I, I personally don't. Like, I, I just think that's what they're going to do. And I'm, I, I just think they have a lot of needs of, as an organization. And they, I, I don't know if I'm confident enough in their drafting to just be able to kind of make up for that. And they're just in a situation where next year they're going to be in the seven to nine win range, where, or six to nine wins, like maybe five. But like, I, I just think they're in a tough spot. Whereas the Patriots have the chance to get out. That That's the reason why I, I said the Patriots, but their I, division? I agree. They're, they're both in a tough spot. With their division? But also, the Patriots at least have Mac Jones. Like, he's a young quarterback that was drafted in the first round, has had some decent games. Dude, the Titans have no one young besides Tajay Spears, I guess. Yeah, who I called, by the way, to trade for him right before he started going off. Let's point that out. Thank you for mentioning his name, Jesse. You're welcome. That Yeah, yeah. Do, do point that out. Um, but yeah, I mean, besides for him, name another young up and coming player on the Titans. <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that's like the tough part about it where it's just like Traylon Burks has been like consistently hurt. Kyle Phillips is trying to get back in the roster and they have selfish Deandre Hopkins, who I wish they'd never signed, but yeah. they have Skronsky. What do you think about that? I like Skronsky, but he's only one offensive lineman, unfortunately. Like they need, they need, they need four more of him. I don't, I don't know. It's, I think they're in a tough spot, but I, I think Vrabel's a really good coach, which is why I don't think that him coaching is going to like, why I think that's contributing to the purgatory is because he's a really good coach and it's going to prevent them from being the bottom of the league, but the talent level is going to prevent them from getting to the playoff, like getting to the conference championship and whatnot. I, I'm just a little worried. I, I, I hope I'm wrong there. I think they'll be fine. They just need to find a kick returner. <laughs> Not a running back. Yeah. That, <laughs> that, that would be a good start. 
but I'll always be defensive on that because I swear to God, they always draft like the best defensive linemen and just edge rushers. So who knows? Yeah. Yep. But after a short break, we'll come back. And I think Logan has another one. Back again after a short break. Um, Logan. Yep. Yep. I'm here. Uh, and with my next take, I'm going to go with, you know, it might be a controversial one. I've been deciding between one and two here. It's the last second decision. I'm going to go with, should we be concerned about Miles Sanders this season? Did he get carried by the Eagles? And is he a relevant pass catcher? I feel like is something I've been kind of deciding in my mind. Do they, are, are they going to score touchdowns? I know they signed him to a pretty good deal in the off season, but is his injury history going to catch up with him? And is he going to be able to, you know, push back Hubbard from taking a starting position or just biting into his carries? And I think I didn't look into it too crazy, but I think, the one thing I didn't see until a few minutes ago was that he's already on the receiving levels he was last year, which, I mean, good for him. I didn't think he had any hands besides, you know, you know, getting a ball, you know, just handed off to him. But the thing that I'm most concerned about is with their line, his yards per carry has dropped down to 3.1 yards per carry this year. He only has one touchdown. And I feel like he's just been persistently injured without being carried by, you know, the Eagles offensive coordinator and their line. So I don't know. I, I, what do you guys think? I feel like this might be a valid concern because I feel like at this point, the Panthers might just recycle a lot of their offensive skilled players, but who knows? I think Miles Sanders is toast, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> I agree. I agree, Logan. I, right to the point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I think it's time to kind of take your losses if you can get some for him. If not, he's he might just die on your team. I I just don't think he's good enough. I don't. I, I liked him early on, but he's not a good enough pass catcher for my liking, and he's not a good enough runner. And they got Hubbard and – I like Chenault as a future running back, and I think it's getting to be dire straits for Miles Sanders. Also, I want to point out is something I feel like when watching him on the Eagles, I never thought, wow, what a great playmaker, which I see like, you know, little flashes of things with other running backs. Like, I feel like something with Khalil Herbert is he does have flashes where I'm like, oh man, I dissed him early in the season, but like, he does have those plays where I'm like, wow. But now that I think back about it, I don't know if I ever thought about Miles Sanders as just that playmaker. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, Miles Sanders, obviously, he was an eagle last last year. So, you know, I, I did watch him quite a bit. Um, it, I, I thought he was pretty good coming into the season, too. But he was running behind the Eagles offensive line. Um, Yeah, I mean, that might have been what it all was the entire time was just – the Eagles O-line, and it maybe the Eagles even kind of knew that. Um, didn't seem like they loved him. Like, there would be games where he would be averaging five, six yards of carry, and they, it just seemed like they never wanted to give him a, a huge workload. Um, he always passed the eye test, but 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's all I can say for him. As I can't really defend him too much at this point. Shout out DeAndre Swift. Yeah, dude. How about him, huh? Eagles making him look good, just like they did Sanders. Hopefully, he stays there forever. <laughs> <laughs> if he's willing to keep taking pay cuts. <laughs> uh, Hall of Famer incoming, you know. Lowest salary ever. Who knows? All right, guys. I'll go into my next. Jesse, you actually go ahead. I... Do you have one? I did, but I can't find it right now. So give me one second. Okay. You want me to just go? Yes, please. Okay. <laughs> guys, are we worried about Devontae Smith yet? No. I think we should be. I think I think we should be. I I think it's I think it might be time. Guys, he's fourth season, one of my one of my hot takes was I had a list of wide receivers that wouldn't be top twenty-four. And guys, right now Devontae Smith is wide receiver thirty on the season. And that's despite having what was it? Seventeen points first week and twenty-three points. Second week. Uh, first week, he got a touchdown, seven catches, 47 yards. Second week, he had two of the longest catches of his career. And since then, his, I mean, even week two, his his long catches kind of hit a five-target game. And since then, he's had, yeah, five targets, five targets, nine targets, five, and 11. And he's only gotten over 100 yards once this season. And... After week one, Dallas, Dallas Goddard had one target week one. And since then, Dallas Goddard has started to really get integrated into that offense. He's into that offense. He's only nine targets behind De- Devontae Smith for the season. And DeAndre Swift is starting to rack up the catches. Like, shout out Logan for his take. But guys, with Goddard getting into the offense and Swift starting to catch more passes and AJ Brown, like the Eagles are realizing, Oh, AJ Brown's really good at football. And all we have to do is get this guy the ball and he makes plays. Devontae Smith is losing guys. He's, he's losing out. I mean, he's going to have some good games, but I, I think it's kind of time to be a little concerned about him in the short term and maybe even the long term. Guys, he's a wide receiver, wide receiver two in an offense that has some weapons. And also doesn't get a lot of passing touchdowns. They rush the ball on the goal line, and I don't know. I'm I'm concerned about Swift or about Devonte Smith, not Swift. Yeah, I I know I know. Coming into the season, I was big on uh, on Jalen Hurts could support uh, both AJ Brown and and the uh, and Smith. You almost had me saying Swift uh, and Smith and Goddard as well. Um, obviously. Close. Yeah. <laughs> way too close. Yeah, this uh but it uh yeah, no, it hasn't uh hasn't been the case. I don't see why it would change. The Eagles have been winning. Of course, you know, they lost this last game, but I don't know, a kind of a fluke game in my opinion, and uh I don't see them changing a whole lot based on it. Yeah, I mean I I'm with you. I could see Devontae Smith for uh for fantasy purposes kind of kind of struggling this year. 
Yeah, so I guess I'll just cut in here. I, I don't know. I feel like we need to ride the wave out for an entire season. I feel like he definitely plays his part on the offense. He does pretty well, and you're kind of picking on a guy with a hamstring injury. I'm just kidding. That was, like, released literally, like, yesterday. So <laughs> I don't even know if it was game-related. But honestly, I like the dude. I think he has a positive attitude. Great guy. Uh, in the game, though. Hasn't been as productive as I've liked, but I think A.J. Brown's kind of just, you know, egoing some extra targets. I think <laughs> Devontae Smith will get some here pretty soon. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I think he's a good good player. I mean, seems like a good dude, Logan. You're, you're talking about his character here. But for fantasy-wise, that, that's what I'm worried about, like fantasy production. Like that's what we're talking here. And I think Smith is kind of struggling. Like he – he finished as wide receiver one last year in total points. Shout out Jesse. And I don't see that happening this year, guys. Like just with the way things are going, unless an injury happens, which it could happen. But yeah, I I think the production is kind of going to be inconsistent for him going forward. Yeah, and I think on top of that, though, I definitely do think that it offers an open window to potential trade targets here pretty soon because is he on his third year of his contract is he gonna is he gonna stay with the eagles i think he will yes well what about julio jones (laughs) (laughs) might bite bite into his target share a little bit maybe he doesn't want to stay there with julio there (laughs) yeah i I think Smith is there to stay. I'd I'd be surprised if he were to leave. He seems to like it there. He seems to get along with the guys. But all right, Jesse, you you end up finding your next one. Yeah, yeah, I found it here. It was a pretty tough one because it was a pretty deep dive um, player. I, I know you rarely hear about him, especially anymore. Um, I'm I'm getting worried, guys. Jamar Chase. He had the one big game, but. I mean, is that a is that what we're what we're relying on for the rest of the season? Is that you know we're gonna have one big game every every six weeks and that's gonna win us our fantasy league? Draft them in in the top five. I'm I'm assuming. Um, last week, 14 points. Week before the big game where he had every touchdown that he's had all season. Game before that, 14 points. Um. Eight point game, eight point game. There is a twenty, another twenty six point game in there. Oh, it, I'm seeing a correlation between his two big games. He has a forty three yard catch and a sixty three yard catch. Is he kind of like becoming a Gabe Davis type role? Jamar Chase's rookie year. That was. I don't know if you remember. He did, like he lived on long catches, and Jamar Chase is the guy that can do that consistently. Sorry. Sorry. Coming to Gabe Davis's defense here. You, you know how I'd be. But Jamar Chase, certified good. Is it consistent if he has only done it two games out of six now? And like I said, I mean, the one game, it, I mean, yeah, I guess the one game was a, was a big game. But, I mean, without the, without the three touchdown game with the 192 yards, I think we're panicking on Jamar Chase right now. Like, like, Th- like throwing the kitchen sink out, but hey, he had one good game. So everybody, he's back. He's good. He's good. Nothing's nothing's the matter. Next game scores fourteen points. Everybody's like, oh yeah, whatever. No, we don't need to mention it. Let's not talk about it. I'm talking about it. 
What do you guys have to say about it? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I feel like this is a bit of a reach. I feel like Jamar Chase played 12 games last year, still hit the 1,000-yard mark that Christian Kirk could hardly do whenever he was on the Cardinals, and uh, still had nine touchdowns. Boom, roasted. <laughs> what random shot in the world. <laughs> How does that correlate <laughs> Sorry, uh, you should be picking on Christian Kirk's past instead of Jamar Chase. I've, I just feel like he's a phenomenal receiver. I mean, it's hard to beat him. I feel like Joe, this should be on Joe Burrow, not Jamar Chase. Exactly. Pick on his health, yes. not Jamar Chase. Yeah. I mean, you uh, should still be worried about Jamar Chase throughout the rest of the season, though, for fantasy, right? I mean, even if it is Jam Joe Burrow's health. I said that at the beginning of the year, that Joe Burrow's health was going to be the, the main factor here. Joe Burrow's getting a little healthy. But I mean, this last game against the Seahawks, who, I mean, I don't know, is it that is that that second year corner? Was he just able to lock Jamar Chase up? I don't know. I don't know. Hey, Until, Devin, I Devin Witherspoon is a beast. Go, line Yeah, yeah. Beast. No, I mean, I'm not saying he's bad, but I'm just saying, dude. Right. I mean, is Jamar Chase? Is, is do we need to start being concerned? Is Sauce no. Gardner gonna be able to lock him up? Like, are these number no. one corners gonna be able to lock him up to where? Oh, he has a number one corner this week. Better not play him. He had, he had six catch. He had six. He had six catches for eighty yards. Like he gets a touchdown. Like it's another walk in the park for Jamal Jamar Chase. Yeah, I mean, my thing, Jesse, is if you just kept with your preseason take on Jamar Chase, would not be worth a top five redraft pick. We're praising you. We're praising you. But you have lapped it twice now, and you've doubled down. Like no, Jamar Chase. I'm not worried at all. I'm not worried one bit. That guy, his rookie year, he's. He his whole season was he was catching deep passes. He was catching forty yard, fifty yard touchdowns. That's what he does. You throw him the ball deep, Jamar Chase is going to make a play. Like I'm, I'm confident I, in him. I, I'm he, sorry, I, I might have misunderstood the topic of this. Isn't it um, things that we're worried about because of where we drafted him? I mean, yeah, he might be worth a fifth round pick. Now I'm not saying that he's the that he, he's zero and out. All of a sudden, like, I'm not saying he's. He's not going to have anything like what? No, but for a top five pick, what? Not, you said, hey, yeah, Jesse, you're right, but meh, 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 meh. no, All come right. on. Now. <laughs> Here, here's the question, Jesse. Long term in Dynasty, are you worried about Jamar Chase? No. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh. Exactly. All right. Get out of here. This season, though. This season. <laughs> Get out of here. So you're tanking with him. Ooh, that's redraft not too bad, one, right? In redraft, too. But all right, all right, all right, all right. Whatever. <laughs> Banking on Joe Burrow's health to continue to hamper him all season. I, It's respectable, but we'll see. I feel I, I feel you on victory laughing at twice. That was a good call. That was a good one. Right. <laughs> yeah, okay. You know, no, I need an effort, though. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Logan, do you have another one here? You want me to keep rattling them off? Yeah, no, rattle one off, Nick, and then I'll find mine down in the depths. I'll pull it out. I got you. All right, all right, perfect. Okay, my next one's here. I I have Jameson Williams and Traylon Burks. And the reason I'm concerned with them, guys, is – they're having trouble staying on the field. They're they're in year two, 
which they're still very young, but the, those guys have been hurt. Um, Jameson's case suspended. Um, but at some point, guys, you get you got to stay on the field for a team to just rely on you as the future. I mean, we've seen the Ravens with Rashad Bateman. Like he, that guy's just not stayed on the field, and they're at the point where they're they're getting Zay Flowers, they're getting Odell, and it's just it's tough to. For the Titans, it's going to be tough for them to rely on Traylon Burks going forward as their wide receiver one, wide receiver two. If Burks just can't stay on the field, like it's going to be tough on them. And then with Jamison, like he's he's not producing. Like he he's catching a couple long passes. I was never big on Jamison, like as an NFL receiver. I think he's a good splash play guy, like good deep threat. But in terms of a volume guy, like I. I don't see it. And with him not staying on the field, like with the Lions, would it shock you guys if they made a deadline move for like a Devontae Adams for a Darnell Mooney, someone to come in and be that option opposite Amon Ross St. Brown? Because it's just, I, yes, those guys have talent. They were drafted as such. I was a big Traylon Burks guy, but it's just at this point, it's just, if you're if you can't stay on the field, it's tough for these teams to put their faith and their future in your hands. And that's where I'm worried with those two guys. And I'm I'm just worried those guys just keep bringing in competition and if you can't stay healthy, it's I don't know. It it just gets tough. It's it's I not over, it. but it's getting tough. You uh you're really coming at the Titans tonight, huh, Nick? Should we <laughs> he he always has, by the way. <laughs> That's, but that... uh, in, in Traylon's defense, I think that uh, his future, I think that that I'm still holding out hope there just because of everything else that we've talked about with the Titans. It's like, who who else are they planning on going to? Uh, it could be, you know, Tajay Spears and uh, and Traylon Burks, you know, kind of being the the faces of the franchise essentially here in, you know, a few years. I, I really could see that happening. And then on the Jameson Williams side, I, I want to agree with you, but I got to ask, like, I mean, what games are you basing this on? I I mean, can you point to one game that you can say as an NFL player that he's been good or that he gives no, you any no, faith? No, but but my, my point would just be that I mean I'm looking, I mean I think he's only played in two yeah, he's only played in two games this year. I'm I'm not gonna write I, somebody off yet. I'm not writing him off yet. Last year I think he played the last seven games. Like everyone kind of just like, Oh, he's coming off his injury, he's just getting eased back. But like, how long do you need to get eased back? Like yeah, when when can I, we rely on you? Right. I mean, he well obviously can't rely just like Calvin Ridley can't rely on him to not make bets. But uh, <laughs> number two True. is that uh, yeah. I mean, I'm just I don't know. This guy was a a first round talent. Um, you know, a lot of people thought that you know he might go over Garrett Wilson, Olave, that he might be better than those two guys. Wasn't that Ohio State? I I got to keep giving him a chance. What did you say? Sorry. He wasn't at Ohio State. Couldn't even get on the field. I I, did, I said people were saying yeah. that he he <laughs> thought he was better. I didn't think that he was better than them, but obviously those two have been fantastic uh, in the NFL. I mean, yeah, I, I'm just my only point is I'm I haven't seen enough from him to give up on him yet. Uh, I'm gonna hold on to hold on to the guy a little bit longer than uh, than maybe some people would, but yeah, yeah. So cutting in here on my thoughts here, I feel like. Without John Robinson in the building, I feel like Traylon Burks is kind of in an interesting spot. I feel like, I mean, ideally, speaking as a Titans fan, I feel like hopefully you look for your 
wide receiver one to two to three. You know, you can play around with Traylon Burks being in the two, three gadget spot, whatever you want. Maybe you keep Nick Westbrook, Westbrook Akina, who knows. But I, I don't know. I feel like I don't really have too much on Traylon. I just feel like uh, he needs to get healthy. He needs to go hunting, stuff like that. Um, and I feel like the one concern I have about with Jamison Williams is, one, he was drafted in the first round, which I thought was kind of a weird thing. But I also think that Jamison Williams will play a huge part in the Lions offense because he'll just be running forward all the time. So honestly, I think he'll allow like Amon Ra to just get easy, like drag routes, crossing routes, any routes he wants. Cause Jamison Williams will always be running towards the goal line. And I don't really think he's going to have like any high production value, like on their offense. I don't know. I kind of think them selecting him is the 12th overall pick was a mistake. I don't really know why they did it, but I mean, who knows? Maybe, maybe he'll prove me wrong, but I feel like every route I've seen him run on the lions, it just hasn't really impressed me. So who knows? Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I'm I'm not completely out on Traylon Birch yet. I, I still do have hope. I just think that there's reason to be concerned. I mean, he's what is it, three games missed in a row? And it doesn't he hasn't practiced in weeks. And he's got a knee injury that just keeps nagging at him since last season. And it just when that gets into year three, I think that's when it just gets tough to where it's just like when's the production gonna come? And it's just tough for the teams to keep with him. Go ahead. All right, I'll go. Um, do, do you remember another wide receiver who we were worried about knee injuries a few years into his career? Yeah, A.J. Brown, who had a good rookie season, a good second season. Same field. Yeah. Same field. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that is fair. A.J. Brown had proven more before the injuries and stuff like that. But I just uh, – I don't know. I just – I thought it was funny. As you were saying something about the knees, I, I just remembered – you talking about AJ Brown and like there was some doctors that were saying there was something about his knees that made it so that he was going to have a shorter career. And there's just all kinds of stuff, uh, all kinds of talk. So I don't know. I just, with injuries. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they can set a player back, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's the, sa- the same concept. I already talked about trail on bricks, but yeah, yeah. All right. So sorry, sorry to interject here, Nick, but I also feel like, yeah, I'm always holding out hope for trail on Burks, you know, pray for him. Uh, but I also feel like the one thing about Jamison Williams is he was recruited probably by Brian Hartline, who has a knack for finding receivers. So maybe he does find his niche in Detroit. Who knows? Around to you, Nick. Yeah. And my thing with Traylon Burks is I, I was not saying that his knees necessarily concern me. It's the fact that his knees are keeping him off the field. That concerns me. It's just like when you get two years in and just you haven't proved to the team or like proved to anyone that you're a good player in the NFL level. Like it's just, it starts getting tough and teams start relying on you less. Like, cause just like how are we going to put Traylon Burks as the future part of this offense? Like I think going into the year I was thinking, yes, but it's just now it's just, it's, I, I want to see him come back this year and prove himself. 
And I, I still think he can, but I'm I'm getting a little concerned about it. And and with Jamison Williams, like guys, he's had one successful season since high school. Like he had one good year at Alabama. At Ohio State, he was backup role. Like he caught a couple passes, but it's just when I I just I don't know. I when's he gonna start producing? I just I I don't see it happening. I I'll be honest. I I think he's a good deep threat guy, but that might be all it is. But I'm I'm definitely more concerned on him than Burks, but I'm concerned on both. When he gets on the field to answer your question. Hmm. You uh you said when, when is he gonna prove? When is he gonna do it? When is he gonna like prove some value to the team about Jameson Williams? And I said whenever he gets on the field. Hey, because he's he, he, been on the field enough to do that, in my opinion. Yeah. I told you before. Hey, hey, there's some other people we're talking about. QJ, uh, yeah. Mingo. You know, we're we're talking about these guys six, seven weeks into their career. Jameson Williams, we've only seen him nine weeks. It's not like we've seen him that much more than these rookies. It's hard to it's hard to call Jameson Williams anything other than you know a rookie right now. And I I just I I refuse to give up on these guys after six to nine weeks. I exactly. I agree, Jesse. All right, Thank Nick, you. on to you. Do you want me to just go into my next one here? I can just yeah, knock yeah, yeah. my last one off because I'll no, easy transition here. With rookies, there's a couple of rookies I'm concerned about, and that's Quinn Johnston, Jonathan Mingo, Dalton Kincaid. And, I mean, there's others that I probably am concerned about, that those guys are at the forefront. Like, those are kind of higher draft pick guys that aren't really proven much. I I actually saw something on Twitter this week that out of first-round picks in the last, I think, 20 years, 15, 20 years, that did not, in their first six games, that did not have 50 receiving yards, only two of them, like they were drafted in the first two rounds, only two of them went on to have a 1,000-yard season after that. And out of two out of like 34, went on to have a 1,000-yard season after that. And Mingo does not classify as that. But Quentin Johnson does. And another one that does is Jamison Williams. And that's first five games because Jamison played last year. And you could blame it on the injury. That's that's fine. But it's just he he still has yet to produce. And with Quentin Johnson, it's just at this point, guys, he's getting on the field. He's just not producing. And I think I love Quentin Johnson's talent. I still do. I'm not giving up on him, but to say it's not a concern to this point, I'd I'd be lying. Like, it's a concern. Like he's not, he's they lost Mike Williams and Josh Palmer is getting more looks than him. Like Keenan Allen, sure, like that's warranted, but Josh Palmer is getting more looks than him, and it's just like you got other guys coming in, and you got Darius Davis, who also I think that's his name, who also went to TCU, who's got I think maybe more targets than Johnson in the last few weeks. Like, guys, it's a concern. I, I think it's a concern that he's not getting open. He's not getting the looks from Herbert. And maybe they need to scheme more touches in, sure. But it's just your first-round receiver. Do you really have to rely on scheme touches in order for you to get targets? Like, I I think it's time to be a little concerned. Kincaid, Kincaid hasn't proven anything yet. I He was a 24 yeah. Let's stick to the QJ. Let's all let's all yeah. go on QJ because whenever Absolutely. last time I felt like it was hard going back and forth. Yeah. Uh, so so QJ here. Um, yes, I agree with you. It's concerning. 
I do. Quentin Johnson's, uh, as you like to put it, seeming like he might be in the wind sprint all American team. Um, that's like exactly the, the category he's starting to fall into is the wind sprint team. Um, but I just, I don't give a damn what you read on Twitter, Nick. I, six weeks in, I'm not giving up on him. That's, that's how I feel about Quinn Johnson. It's just, it's still, it's still early enough in the season. Um, literally only a third of the season. Uh, whenever we get to the halfway mark, two thirds of the season, if it's still looking like the exact same thing for Quinn Johnson, I'll be getting real concerned. And just uh, to let any listeners out there know, I mean, you guys all know, Nick was like the biggest QJ guy. So for him to be concerned, it is, it's worrying. It's worrisome. (laughs) And and I'll hop in for Logan here just real quick. And and part of that is me like kind of learning, like going into this year, I was, I was back in on Sky Moore, back in. Like I was like, this guy, he's going to produce again, but it's just, this stuff matters. Targets matter. Like being able to get open. It's just like, yeah, you can be a project, but it's just a, at the wide receiver position, there's not a lot of projects that end up being something long-term. Like you either got it or you don't. Like that's the wide receiver position is kind of fairly easy to predict in that way. That it's just like, you don't, you don't produce early. Like the NFL is the best of the best, the wide receiver position. Like each year, the wide receiver position, like they're producing more and more talent that keep going into the league. And if you're, if you're not producing, it, it gets tough. And that's just kind of learning with Sky. It's just like he's still not earning targets. And it's just like I don't I don't want to fall in the same boat with Quinn Johnson, even though I still love the talent and I'm not giving up on him. Just a little concerned. Okay, so why is Jonathan Mingo in this list? Because he hasn't done anything. Like he he hasn't produced. Okay, like he's, so, he's on a so, team with lacking production at the wide receiver production, and he's part of it. Like Adam Thielen, a thirty what is he thirty four year old Adam Thielen's just lapping him, who was kind of left to the dust with the Vikings. Like he was and, left to the dust to Justin Jefferson, dude. I think Adam Thielen still got it. I think he's still a little bit of a dog. Yeah, but the Vikings, they, they're they number two option. Osborne was out producing him. Jordan Addison's producing this year. Hawkinson's producing. Like, Thielen just started just tailing off. And I don't know, Mingo, I, I wasn't a Mingo fan coming into, into the league. Like, he was outproduced by a fifth-year senior who went undrafted. Um, he looked like A.J. Brown during the combine, and people thought they were getting their next A.J. Brown. Bad prospect coming in, been bad in the NFL so far. I have no reason to trust him. Okay, so so no, to be honest, I do agree that maybe you should be concerned about Jonathan Mingo, but falling back onto what I had previously said, though, the targets are there. He got concussed a few weeks ago. We need to ride out the season to like have a definitive reason to be concerned about him because – whenever you lob all three of these receivers together there, there's one that sticks out like a sore thumb and that's Jonathan Mingo. He on the season has had, sorry, I got to go through the tabs. He's had 28 targets, 15 receptions, only 133 yards. It's not that impressive, but the targets are there. I don't know if Bryce young is, you know, just throwing out of no offensive line scaredness, 
and only going to Adam Thielen on his reliability. Maybe it's just a shout out to Jesse to, you know, Adam Thielen is that guy, but I don't know. I, I, th I think you got to write it out. You know, I mean, he's concussed. It's kind of low, Nick. I don't know. To me, he just doesn't do anything well. Like he, he tested well. That's, that's where his strengths are for me. I, I just, I don't know. I just, I just don't see it with him. I I hope I'm wrong. I wish him the best. But I, I just don't see it. And the other guy I was talking about is Kincaid. Guys, Kincaid's 24 years old. He was drafted in the first round as a 24-year-old tight end because he produced his last year at Utah. He had some good seasons before that. But, guys, we're what, seven weeks in. I mean, he's been hurt, I think, last week and maybe the week before. But when you're 24 years old entering the league, like – you're seen as NFL ready. Like you should be NFL ready. The Bills drafted Dalton Kincaid to be NFL ready. And he's not. Like he's he's not breaking tackles. He's not the Travis Kelsey like slot guy that they were looking for. Like he just hasn't been. And I, I hope he will be because I drafted him on teams that I, I needed tight ends entering the year. So I, I am kind of stuck with him right now. And I hope he turns it around, but I'm concerned about Kincaid, guys. I'm I'm concerned. Okay, so maybe I'm just going to shift the whole conversation here. But honestly, this is just kind of an open discussion. But is there any rookie tight ends that you're like, wow, they're, like, amazing? Or are we concerned about the entire, like, rookie tight end class right now? Sam Laporta. Sam Laporta, yep, exactly. I'm, I like Musgrave better right now than Kincaid. Seriously. I mean, Mayer, you know what's Mayer, really interesting? Whenever you said that, that he's 24, I was like, is he really older than Kyle Pitts? He is. He is. Yeah, he's exactly. That's crazy. Dude, yeah, that really puts in perspective also just like how we still got to give Kyle Pitts some time, man. A hundred percent. You got him yeah. like the ultimate by, by uh, low. Like, yeah, buy low, but also, like, if you're in rebuild and you aren't counting yeah. on it this year, like, if you want the fu the real future, Travis Kelsey, that's Kyle Pitts. Sorry. Anyway, I know we're looking at, at Don Kincaid here, but uh, yeah. crazy. I always appreciate some Kyle Pitts discussion. He's also playing hurt right now. He's playing hurt. Like, it's clear as day. And he's still producing. Like, he's starting to produce. Like, they're starting to get on the ball. I like Pitts. Kincaid, guys, he's looking like a bust. I mean – Mingo's looking like a bust, and hate to say it, Johnson's looking like a bust. But in order of who I think's most likely to be a bust out of those, I'd put Mingo one, I'd put Kincaid two, and I think we'd take a jump then Johnson. I, I'm still holding out hope, but still putting uh, that him in that conversation. You sure about that? Are you sure about that? <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, Sorry. No, I'm not sure. But I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm still holding out some hope because I. I like his yak ability and they're using him as a Mike Williams right now. And he's, he's not Mike Williams. He's okay. Small. So have you thought about it in this perspective or so the reason why you have Mingo on the top, are you thinking that like a lot of the skill players leave on the Panthers and do you think Knox is leaving? And do you think Josh Palmer is leaving? Is that kind of part of your rationale? What are you thinking on that? Like, I, sorry, I'm just trying to like, maybe make some sense of like things that might help out people that you're trying to claim or bust. Like, are, do you foresee any like 
roster clearing, like in the receiver or tight end department that might help them out at all? Like, would that be a potential concern you might have? No, like those guys have the opportunity right in front of them. Johnston, like the Chargers lost Mike Williams. Johnston's playing. He's just not getting targeted. He, he, is it sorry to cut you off again? Is it the pecking order though? Like, do you believe that's a thing in the NFL? I mean, I I do to an extent, but I I just like to see him start demanding some kind of target share. And the you gotta understand, they also they had a training camp together. They had the preseason. They had all this to kind of work this stuff out, and he's still not getting target share. And then Mingo, like guys, the Panthers are outward and they they want a wide receiver one on that team it's just mingo's just guys he's gonna he's gonna fall down that list like i i don't see any hope like he's gonna get matt corral <laughs> on that team like i i'm sorry i not a mingo guy but he's he's gonna get his opportunity and he already has and kincaid like maybe Knox leaves but like kincaid's when he's been healthy he's gotten the target he's gotten the playing time just well, not gotten the target well shit wasn't it the other day sorry sorry to cuss on the podcast we're usually a family-friendly podcast but um didn't like the was it last week where that tight end three caught his first touchdown like ever like do you remember that where Josh Allen threaded like one of the most beautiful passes I've ever seen, like to a tight end that had never caught a touchdown before. Yep. Quint Quentin Morris got his and first it, touchdown. Is, is is that a concern to Kincaid even more? Or was that just yeah. like godsend, you know? Kincaid didn't play in that game. So I'm I'm no, like there's gonna be random guys that get touchdowns. Fullbacks will get touchdowns, but guys. We're going to go, might go a little long today. Uh, we're going to go to another break. Back again. Guys, I want to start with another one here. And it's kind of a spur of the moment one. Guys, what's our level of concern with Bryce Young? Uh, I, I think. I I don't know. I got to see another season. I mean, I feel like some of those like picks slash fumbles slash sacks I've seen him take have been kind of concerning with like, I mean, to be honest, whenever he first entered the league, did his first few preseason games, the first few seasons or the first few games in this season, I thought were quite interesting. I thought he had pretty, like, concise and fast, like, intelligent reads. I thought he was, like, how he was going to be at Alabama. But, honestly, I feel like it's kind of just fallen apart in the last few games. So, I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure. I'm going to take my rookie wide receiver rule of haven't seen enough yet and double it. Whatever, however much I haven't seen from what rookie wide receivers, double that for how much I haven't seen from the rookie QBs. And I just want to mention, let's all remember, like, everybody was down on Trevor Lawrence after his rookie year. Um, and Justin Fields isn't the greatest example. But, uh, I mean, all those guys, like, they have bad rookie years. That's what rookie QBs do. I mean, C.J. Stroud, he because of him, people are going to look at Bryce Young, and maybe Bryce Young is a buy-low candidate. 
literally just because of C.J. Stroud. And then, of course, whenever Anthony Richardson was on the field, he was also a beast. So if it wasn't for those two factors, I think that we wouldn't even be batting an eye at, uh, at Bryce Young. How would you value Bryce Young right now? Like, would you think he still worked the early first that he was drafted? I, I wouldn't sell him. If I have him, I wouldn't sell him because I don't think the market's going to value him like he was. But, uh, I mean, to me personally, yeah, I mean, you're talking to me that he's a buy low candidate for me right now. Uh, because, yeah, I bet you're right. There probably is a little bit of like, you can get him for a, you can get him for a late first, maybe now rather than, you know, he was going for early, uh, you know, at the beginning. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm going to ask one more question here. How do you value him relative to like Kyler Murray, Justin Fields? Good question. That's a really good question. Um, I would say his future is more certain than both of them, in my opinion, because with, there's so many, other factors to where like I, we don't know if Justin Fields will be on a field next year for an NFL team. Kyler Murray, he still got to come back from injury. There's still a lot, a lot of question marks. Bryce Young, he might be horrible this year, and I promise that he's going to get another chance next year. So, I think, uh, I think I would value him a little bit higher than those guys. Yeah, I also want to interject here and just say I think this is just should be a new segment called trade therapy. Honestly, because where we just go back and forth, depending on it, if it's a trade just between us, I feel like Nick's just kind of, you know, tossing hey. out some rhetorical questions. Hey, just, you know, sense in the market. How do we feel about him? I don't <laughs> feel I feel bad for Jesse. And I think Nick is using him in this particular sense. So, hey, hey, yeah, Jesse, you know, you know what I'm going to throw out to next that Justin Field for Bryce Young is that other trade that I was in discussion on i i sent the offer to the guy that has bryce young and i thought maybe hey maybe this guy's a little concerned about bryce young and he told me he said i'm seriously considering this offer and i need a few days to think about it so that's the that's the other offer outstanding justin field straight up for bryce young i i think you win that if i were you i think i would take that instead of kyler but I don't know about this year for you, though. I don't know. For your situation, I don't know. For my situation, I was thinking I would take Bryce Young over those two. But for your situation, I think you would want Kyler more because you're going for it now. I mean, personally, I, I don't know. Logan, what do you think? What do you think on this? Obviously, I'm biased. No, I completely agree because I feel like once you look at like the Cardinals games this season, they've actually been competitive with some really good teams. So is Kyler Murray like the key to their success? I don't know. I think the Cardinals are bad, bad this year, which has me still nervous about is Kyler – Gonna come back. Like he's opened the window. She says he's gonna come back. Is he is he gonna come back? Like I I still don't understand why he would. And also, like he's opened the practice window, supposedly practice in full. I believe after this week, I believe his next games, I think they play the 49ers and the Browns. I think back to back. Are you sending Kyler Murray fresh off an injury first game back against those two? 
I'm not. I, I think the first time we see Kyler Murray would be week 10 against the Falcons. I think that's the first time. And for my situation, like I I if Fields is gonna miss a few weeks, like I might take Bryce and like his future and just kind of hoping he can kind of figure it out a bit. That's so are you are you worried about Derek Carr then? I mean, I'm always worried about Derek Carr. Like <laughs> <laughs> It's like, is, is he a guy you're ever confident starting? No. Eh, in the first few weeks of every season, he usually yeah. does well. Not this season, though. Yeah. I don't know. Any other thoughts, Jesse? Would it be dirty of me, Logan, to go offer that guy Kyler Murray for Bryce Young? No. Yes. No. <laughs> it wouldn't be, Logan? No, that's oh, not dirty. Do that's fair? I feel oh, like you're just... Come on. You're just resetting the trade market, right? Well, all I'm saying is, Nick, if you were to get Bryce Young, would you trade him for Kyler Murray too? I might. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just wondering if if you know that you're winning the trade if you send away Fields for Young, and then you're like, no, nah, I'm not giving up Young for Kyler. I would have given up Fields for Kyler, but not Young. Then, then you know you really liked your trade, you know? I mean, yeah, to I- be honest, though, sorry to cut you off here, Nick. I feel like to be fully fair, I feel like you got to give the guy a few days to think about it if he ever responds to you ever again. And then maybe you guys talk about like your potential trade again. Who knows? Maybe that's fair. Maybe it isn't. Who knows? Yeah, I'm I'm good to move on after this. But I, I still think it's very unlikely he does not accept the trade. Like usually, at least the way I'm doing it, like the, re- the way I do it, if I have to think on it for a few days, like usually a good chance I'll decline, but I usually want to think and like think through the actions. But like, if it's an offer I want to accept, I'll probably do it relatively soon, but I, I don't think he accepts it, but I, I hope he does. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. We're, we're doing, what are we, did we just talk earlier about fields trade value and how much it's dropped? Because that is the one thing is, I just don't know why he would make that move when with Bryce Young. I mean, like, what? What? I I haven't looked at the team. Is he like uh, tanking? Either way, I don't see why you would give up Bryce Young for Justin Fields right now. I just don't see why anyone would do that. Well, I know him. He he told me ahead of the season we we've, we've talked trade. We we go way back, but he told me before the he was into Justin Fields. Like he he was looking. I, I should have done it. He wanted Justin Fields in my first for Justin Herbert. And I declined it. Shouldn't have. But um, I, I I think he kind of likes Justin Fields. And he took over an orphan team. He kind of got, I think he got uh, Bryce Young at like the 104, 105, like the last quarterback slot. Like he might not have been super into him to where that, that's might have been how he got there. But I don't know. I I like he might just be concerned about Bryce Young. I I don't know. Yeah. Um. I mean, are we good to move on? Yep. Yeah. All righty. The next one that I am not con- as concerned about, but I just want to bring up the my boy Jordan Love. Nick, go <laughs> ahead, take it away. Go ahead, tell tell us tell us why, and I can just sh- obliterate you like I do every time that we talk about Jordan Love. <laughs> 
Jordan Love is off to a decent start for fantasy this year, Jesse. I'll I'll give you props. He is okay, he's QB 15 on the year. But watching Jordan Love, guys, are you impressed watching him? Real quick, you didn't finish that. Oh, where did we draft Jordan Love at around? He's QB 15 right now, and where did we draft him around? I think he drafted it's like QB six or something like that. I remember. Yeah, yeah, somewhere out there. <laughs> I don't even think he was going to the top twenty-four. To be to be clear, all right, good to you. I I can't remember. I mean, for a one-year quarterback, yeah, I I think you could do worse than Jordan Love for a long-term quarterback. I don't think you want to have Jordan Love on your team. I don't think Jordan Love is going to be the Packers quarterback after this season. At this point in time, I I just don't I don't think he's looked super and with their revised contract before the season, like they they do not make that contract change unless they are nervous about Jordan Love. Like he sat there for 4 years just like Aaron Rodgers. The Packers are like, yeah, we're ready to start Jordan Love here. We're not nervous at all, changing his contract real quick here. But you got to start him. You got to play him a year. You drafted him. He's had four years behind a Hall of Famer. But I I just don't – like he's got the lowest completion percentage, I think, in the league so far this season. He's completing some deep passes. He's not – he's kind of struggling the shorter intermediate routes for a guy who's – Four years in, that's kind of not great. And he's he's gotten some touchdown luck late in games. And he's his fantasy production, I think, has looked a lot better than what his actual NFL production has been. And at this point in time, I, I don't expect him to be the Packers guy. And I don't think teams around the league are going to be beating down the door trying to get Jordan Love as their quarterback. He, he might just be in the same range, range as like a Desmond Ritter Ryan Tannehill, like I, like he's maybe better in the short term, but I, I'm not, I'm not in on him long term. I'm, I'm concerned long term. Still got time though. Yeah, no, I mean his QBR has been concerning. Um, whenever you're talking real football, it is pretty scary. I mean, even whenever you're watching him, like he doesn't really pass the eye test that much either. The games where he has had these solid games have been fourth quarter kind of comebacks. I mean, it's I I have felt kind of lucky when I watched the games and just knowing how invested I was in him in in fantasy. Um, I know we did talk. I I did offload him in one league. Um, Great move. Pretty solid haul there. And uh, since then, his value has gone down. I think it's going to go back up, though, just because the next two weeks he's going to have Denver, he's going to have Minnesota. And to be honest, after those two games – I'm probably trying to get rid of him again. Uh, trying to probably trying to offload the rest of what I have of him. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. I, I was talking, I was talking big game coming into the combo, but I, I'm pretty concerned as well. <laughs> yeah, Logan, what's what's your opinions of Blake Bortles Jr. here? I mean, Blake Bortles is the guy. <laughs> what else do you want from me? <laughs> Blake Bortles Jr. and that Blake Bortles had that one fantasy season where he was they were getting blown out consistently in fourth quarter. He'd throw two to three. Sam Howell. Yep. Sam, Sam Howell. Howell, right? This season is the example of Blake Bortles. Yep. Same way. But shoot, I'll jump in right now. 
give my take on Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers. I feel like so I feel like one of the biggest concerns about the Green Bay Packers right now is just Aaron Jones and his health. I feel like uh, one thing I've been consistently concerned about with the Green Bay Packers is when Devontae Adams left, did they really replace him? No, they didn't. They got <clears throat> sorry. That so far they've got Christian Watson hasn't stayed healthy. He's just a deep slant guy that maybe makes some great plays on like a crazy like post or corner out. But other than that, they got Romeo Dobbs, Drayden Reed, who's shown flashes, but hasn't he been fumbling recently or something where they've been tr trusting him less and less? They got Luke Musgrave, but it's just like when you look at their offense objectively, you just see their team is this just borderline purgatory team, but they are lucky enough to be on the AFC North where they have to compete against what the bears, the lions who have finally built a team that exceeds expectations by their fans. But it's just like they've somehow accumulated enough people in defense to keep their offense relevant. And I feel like this is an interesting topic to talk about, or this is an interesting time to talk about Jordan Love because he's, you know, facing the Broncos into the Vikings. And what happens if he doesn't show up in those games? Do we completely write him off? Because I could totally see him fumbling one of those games and not looking like how he's supposed to. Maybe he gets carried by the run game. Maybe he gets carried by the defense. But I could, I don't know. I, I just view him as like, middle of the pack quarterback at best. I mean, maybe he proves me wrong, but if he does like good for him, but I have him on zero teams. So I have no skin in the game. My, my thing is though, is if he is a mid tier quarterback for the, for an entire career, then I got a steal on him. Like I, I got a great deal at where I drafted him the, the, for the last two years. I mean, that that's, that's how I'm, I'm seeing that. So I don't, I don't see it as like, I'm, I'm, freaking out i'm concerned but like i said i mean i the the top 12 hope i think that's pretty much gone um i do like though logan pointed out his receivers are not the greatest so there is still some hope there that you know the talent is there and right now he's just struggling to to find open guys because there aren't open anybody open you know all right so the question on all of our minds is how did you offload him what did you get because how did you offload him? Uh, you got to look for somebody who needs a QB2. Desperate for a QB2. I actually might have found one in the league. That, so while there is, of course, I'm talking to Nick with Kyler. Kyler's coming back. Jordan Love is my other quarterback in my tanking league. With Kyler coming back, I don't want to have two quarterbacks. So I either have to get rid of Kyler to Nick, or I'm also trying to get um, – a first round and a second round pick for Jordan Love, and that that hasn't worked. Uh, the guy, the, the guy rejected it. Um, twenty twenty five first even too. So, yeah, his value is definitely lower than whenever than a few weeks ago. Whenever I was able to, you know, get DJ Moore and a first uh, for for J Love there. Definitely helped in that league, Jesse. That that really helped turn around your future. It was a, it yeah, was a, and two, think about the last two weeks. DJ Moore and Jordan Love. Think about that. I mean, <laughs> dude, what a trade. What a time. It was a good move. And I I liked what Logan said there about Jordan Love is 
what if he does not produce against the Broncos and the Vikings? And I I remember Jesse because we're we're all in the same guillotine leagues. Jesse, you picked up Jordan Love and were bragging about how you got him, and you dropped Russell Wilson. And Logan and I had the conversation: Who would you rather have, Russell Wilson in that game, <laughs> or Jordan Love? Logan and I both choose Russell Wilson, and I. I kind of stand by that. I'd rather have Russ than Jordan Lopp right now. I'm so excited for the guillotine league to decide this. Like, what if what if that decision is what gets me eliminated or what keeps me alive? Oh, man. That's going to be so exciting this week. Well, does Jordan Love have any rushing ability minus, like, against the Bears probably? Yeah, yeah. He showed it off week one. Week one, I think he had, like, 60 rushing yards. In week one, week one or two, he who was that against? Good. Um, I don't remember. But guys, there's a reason why I was able to trade him away for DJ Moore and a first. Like he was doing solid the first few weeks. Like he had some people tricked, including me. Dude, seriously, (laughs) seriously, if we took your take, we analyzed a little bit more. We could have just been saying write out Jordan Love through the Bears and then trade him away, and that would have been literally the best take of the season. I swear to God, that's exactly what I did in that one league. Is I traded him right after that, and and it was for DJ Moore, who then the next two weeks had a twenty-seven point and then a fifty-point game. No joke. The fifty-point game was against the guy who traded me DJ Moore. So he also, yeah, yeah, he beat me. Still, he had the highest points. So anyway. We, we aren't here to talk about my league. <laughs> as much as we want to. But I, I just looked up Jordan Love's, his career, or his season high rushing yards, 39 yards. Um, I remember before the season I was looking up, he was he's not a big rushing quarterback. He doesn't do it. Like, he's not a natural scrambler. He had, I, yeah, nine carries versus the Saints. But outside of that, he's been a two rushes per game guy. He's just he's not a natural runner, like as a quarterback. Like he he likes to stay in the pocket. And he's not real great in the pocket. Like I I don't think. <laughs> but yeah, let's, yeah. let's, let's yeah, let me let me take let me get out of here. No more Jordan Love. Yeah. Uh, yeah okay, so I feel like I've been holding back on my tight end takes for long enough. I wish I would have called Cole Komet early in the season because I think it was pretty evident that, you know, that was Justin Fields' favorite target last year. That would have been a great take. But um, so one I'm actually concerned about, who I normally am not, I don't want to go at any Iowa tight ends, but this week is an exception. Um, I'm kind of starting to get a little concerned about George Kittle and honestly, it might just because I'm biased against Brock Purdy and their system on the 49ers, but I think this might be kind of a transition period. Maybe Brock Purdy did just kind of have a hiccup in the last game, but I'm starting to kind of look at the stats a little bit more. And I think George Kittle is kind of being looked at more as like a third to fourth option on the 49ers team. I know there's been some recent injuries and stuff like that, but I feel like his fantasy value has been solely, you know, carried by his touchdown value, which I know it had been 
and I think it was last year. Yeah, he had 11 touchdowns. This year he has three so far. And honestly, one of them was pretty cool because he shadowed the same touchdown, same play as Sam Laporta. But I'm starting to get to the point where is George Kittle kind of outgrowing the 49er system? I don't know. But it's kind of making me concerned a little bit. Uh, but once again, I want to reiterate, completely biased against Brock Purdy. I don't know. What do you guys think? I think that's the same argument I had for Jamar Chase. He had three touchdowns in one game. And if if it wasn't for that, everybody would be freaking out. I agree. All right. Oh, you, <laughs> oh yeah. We're done. We're done. <laughs> I'm I'm not gonna say I agree because I I don't agree with lumping Jamar Chase in with George Kittle because if Jamar Chase had more like typical career touchdown totals he'd be a lot better at this point but this isn't about Jamar Chase it's about George Kittle I have no George Kittle on any of my dynasty teams not on any of my redraft teams I like George Kittle as an NFL player I think he's a very good tight end I am not a believer in his in his fantasy value because he's way too touchdown dependent. All right, I'm done. I think exactly. he's too good of a blocker, too. That's exactly. The That's why I've always been scared to draft him is because I always, before I click the draft button, I think I'm going to watch him block so many on so many touchdown plays. I just can't do it. I can't watch that. And so I don't draft him. <laughs> exactly. And I feel like this is like a valuable lesson. Whenever you're like two overall, like good is a tight end, it might actually indirectly affect your dynasty and fantasy value it's pretty crazy and the, and the funny thing is if you want to know when to start george kittle watch michigan's football games from the week before logan and i've had this conversation before jim harbaugh is great at scheming up random plays like kind of like andy reed style where he gets tight end wide open for touchdowns and it's it's actually hilarious jim harbaugh will, will run it at the college level on a saturday and they'll have a, a great, like, a double reverse pass to a tight end for a touchdown. And the 49ers will run it the next day or the next weekend. And it'll completely take the NFL by storm. Everyone goes crazy about it. And it usually ends up as a George Kittle touchdown. So watch a Michigan game. If they have a creative touchdown to a tight end, start George Kittle that week or the next week. He'll, he'll get himself a touchdown. It'll be wide open. But yeah, exactly. So you, honestly, you got to watch Michigan football to decide whether to start him. But honestly, I feel like he's hit that 30-year-old age, and I feel like a lot of players start to regress there. I don't want to call his regression by any means, but I definitely feel like in the 49, 49er system, he's starting to get kind of like that second-hand value. So I mean, maybe he'll prove me wrong. I hope he does. I love seeing Iowa tight ends just come out and perform every year. But I think he's starting to hit that point where he's been on the 49ers long enough where he's starting to, I don't know, kind of get a little phased out. But it, it's it's early in the season. Who knows? Yeah, no, I mean, that is really interesting, too, what uh, what Nick said. I didn't know that about George Kittle and uh, and Michigan. However, I would never, ever – insult our followers by encouraging them to watch some dirty cheaters like Michigan uh, on a, on a Saturday. So let's go ahead and move on to Geno Smith. Um, I just, I, I am concerned about Geno. He had a great season last season 
And this year, he has all the weapons in the world. They're doing they're doing well, um, but he isn't. He so uh, yeah. I mean, what do you guys think of Gina? Guys, if you're if you're going to any college football games this weekend, watch out for the bushes. Jim Harbaugh's got his guys. They're hiding out in the bushes. They're bushes. They're ready to go. They're ready to take all of your plays, steal everything. It's not Michigan is not successful because it has the best offensive and defensive line in the league. It's it's because they're cheating. They're dominating the lines of scrimmage, but it's because they're cheating. Whatever. Nonsense. Yeah, I agree. Gino is just like bleh. Logan, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, this is this is you, not you, a you, you, you honestly might be in the wrong podcast to be talking about Gino Smith, but actually you're concerned about him, so actually you're in the right one. Uh I took his under yards this year uh pretty confidently because I feel like Pete Carroll is a god in scheming him. And I feel like if Drew Locke replaced him, they might do better. But honestly, Kenneth Walker and his like recent goal line touches this season, I feel like has been the shine. Like, honestly, Kenneth Walker is the guy on their offense, I feel like, who's been shining this year. DK Metcalf's the guy. Tyler Lockett's getting kind of old. Maybe he might be on that wash stage. And Jackson Smith and Jigba has been just shortly emerging. So I don't, I don't know. When Gino got hurt, I hate saying when a player gets hurt, I'm really looking forward to their backup. But when Drew Lock came in, he almost, I think it was within 10 plays, he threw like a 50-yard touchdown to no fan. They got called back, sadly. But it just showed promises on their offense that I did not see with Gino. And I feel like Gino holds the ball too long. And he won't be like the playoff guy kind of guy on their offense or anything. So I don't know. I don't really hold any faith with him. He's kind of old. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, and I really like what you said. Pete Carroll was obviously able to mask Russell Wilson for all these years. And so, I mean, maybe last year he was just able to, you know, once again, do it again just for Gino. Gino's always been a backup in the like, it is kind of weird that, man, what a time to sell Gino if you had him at the end of last year, huh? <laughs> I think you were one of them. But, yeah, I mean, pumpkins just find a way to eventually turn back into a pumpkin. And that's kind of where we're at with Gino. He he was a backup for, what was it, eight, ten years? Like, a long time. And... That's because he wasn't great early on. And he had a good last season. Pete Carroll's very good at getting the best out of his quarterbacks. And like just with his the offense, like his offensive coordinators. And I think we're kind of getting to the point where Gino is just kind of overwearing his welcome a little bit. And he's QB 24 on the season. And I kind of wonder if they give Drew Locke a chance. I saw something on Twitter and I kind of like seeing it that like, it's going to be interesting to see Drew Locke when he doesn't have Jerry Judy as his number one wide receiver. Like what is he going to do? Like Drew Locke could be good with DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Ken Walker, uh, Zach Charbonnet, like Noah Fant. Noah Fant. Like, I don't know. I, 
I like Gino. I think he's he's done well for himself here. He got a nice contract. Um, he had a good last season, but I I'm just worried that he's just like it's a year of people kind of figuring him out, and I just I struggle to see a super high ceiling there. And I wonder if we see Drew Locke at some point, but I don't know. Gino has done okay, and they have enough talent where I think they'll win games. Where it's just like I don't know if they make the move, but if he were to miss a game, I'd I'd be interested to see how Locke does. And yeah, that's what I got. I am concerned about Gino. <laughs> that is a great. Uh, thank you for adding that one in. I feel like that added to your points, but oh, also yeah. does it, does anyone know if Gino Smith kind of has a similar clause to? Jimmy Garoppolo, because I know Jimmy, I I know the concern with Jimmy Garoppolo is he failed his physical, so they like redid his whole contract. But does Gino actually have that clause in his contract where they can cut him after a year? Because honestly, that would be insane if they just let him loose, put Drew Locke in, took the draft capital that they got from the Broncos. Yes, that like his contract's essentially a one year deal. Like if they after a year they can kind of get rid of him, but I thought last year was the year for them to make a kind of a move from the quarter. The thing I was talking about a long time ago on the podcast, AK, this has been a long podcast, but with the Bears with Justin Fields, this last year the Seahawks picked in the top was the top five, and they didn't take a quarterback, and now it's just like they might be kind of wishing they did, and I don't know, I like they. <laughs> If Drew Locke's not the guy, if Gino's not the guy, like, what do you do? Like, do you hope Kirk Cousins signs? Like, I, I'm i kind of – I mean, Dak Prescott, uh, yeah, Kirk Cousins, like, where, where do you turn from here? Like, it's just – it puts you in a tough spot. Justin like, Fields. Yeah, Justin Fields. That'd be fun. Yeah, I don't know. But, yeah, Gino's contract should just – Took a long time to answer it, but yeah, Gino's contract is kind of a one-year deal, so they can get rid of it. Is it all right if I ask one more question for you guys? Yeah, shoot. What do you guys think of Trevor Lawrence? Any concern? No, none. For re- for this season? Even this season. And what do you mean by concern? What do you mean by concern? That he isn't going to live up to that, top, like, you know, a uh, top 12 quarterback. I mean, you draft him probably as like a top six, top seven or something like that, but say top 12, even, I mean, this year, this year, I, I agree, Nick, with you completely that, you know, long-term dynasty, like, you just got to take take your lumps. But what do you think about at least for this year? I mean, it's, it's week seven. I, I, I don't know where you pivot at this point, but I I just, if he, if he's your guy, a quarterback, I, I, don't, I don't know where you turn unless you have a better alternative. Yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree. I feel like the dude's been playing in Europe for like two months now, but uh, <laughs> I mean, to be honest, like, what do you have two straight back-to-back games in Europe? But like, uh, the one thing I do want to watch, I mean, I haven't watched like Trevor Lawrence extensively this season, but like one thing I am kind of concerned about him is like the amount of times that he's been throwing forward and he gets hit and fumbles it. 
I feel like I've seen that a few times this season where he's been like getting kind of close on that sack territory, takes a hit, and it's a little bit concerning. But, I mean, the dude has like crazy arm talent. I mean, obviously he has like great awareness of the field. But, like, I mean, I think some might be kind of off on their play calling. I mean, ETN's been feasting this season, so obviously like they don't have to rely just strictly on him passing. They don't have hurt running backs like they did in the past. But, I mean, looking forward, I feel like it's a pretty pretty good future for him. But, I mean, I mean, there's some things that kind of are concerning. But I, overall, I think he's a great quarterback. A lot of drops, too, for them. A little, little Ravens action, you know. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just uh my my concern is that he hasn't been able to uh to produce the big games that we were kind of that we were hoping for. I think he's like QB 18 on the season, which I mean in in a super flex league that like kills you. And I mean, you're right, you can only, you know, I mean, what what can you do? You probably don't have a backup that's better, you know. I mean, like Baker Mayfield was a lot of my QB3s, which that's turned out great, but you aren't starting him over Trevor. Um yeah, but we'll, we'll yeah, to cut in real quick so Nick can get in before the Zoom cuts off, but I think that their defense is just so good, too, and I think that cuts into his offensive production. Well, and they don't need to change it either because they're winning. Sorry, go ahead. Nick, you're muted. Yeah, I mean, the sorry, but yeah, the Jaguars are in a good spot here, but as long as you guys don't have anything else, um, you can follow me on Twitter at PTNick32. You can follow Jesse at Jesse underscore Setzer and Logan at ProTalkLogan. Battle Talk, signing out.